or live audience, let's get into the question of the day. True or false, you need a doctorate degree to practice as an occupational therapist. And you know it, the answer will be at the end of this episode. Hey y'all, I hope you're well. Welcome to another episode of Healthcare Boulevard. This is a podcast where we shine more light on healthcare and our goal here is to provide more options to people looking to choose healthcare as a career path, regardless of their background. My name is Sena Kakpomo and I am your host and creator here. I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your support. Remember, you can tune in on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back. Uh, we have another volume here today, um, and that means I'm doing an interview. I'm having a guest speaker on, and I'm very excited. She is an occupational therapist. She's going to be this, our second occupational therapist. She's actually working, been working for a little while. So we'll get into it, see what she does, how she does it, what her journey is. Um, I'm excited to get into it. So let's do it. Megumi, welcome. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. So I'm Megumi, and I'm an occupational therapist, and I'm working currently in the pediatric population. Okay, amazing. So how long have you been practicing as an OT? Um, It actually hasn't been long. I actually started working last May, so I haven't been in you yet. Yeah. Okay, congratulations. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) I know that whole process of any healthcare path is like a headache, so... I, I'm very excited to see you on the other side. Um, <laughs> Finally, I made it. <laughs> I know you did. You did. You really did. Um, has it been anything and everything you expected um, going through it when you were working towards an OT career? Um, kind of. I didn't know grad school would be that tough. Or actually, mm. so I finished undergrad and then I worked full time for about two years. Okay. But kind of like that transition going back to school full time was like extremely hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But everything besides that was kind of like what I expected. I knew like grad school was my priority and mm-hmm. like everything else kind of had to wait. So Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Especially once you're making a little bit of money, you're building a little bit of life on the side and then you're like, All right, let me do it. I gotta put into it and Put everything aside and prioritize this next two or three uh, years and just get it done, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get that. But I'm, I'm glad you're done with it. Did you do your doctorate because I'm an OT, I have the doctorate option, or did you only do the master's right now? Um, right now, I only did the master's just because okay. I wanted to start practicing as soon as possible and get okay. experience. And then... Um, like I was thinking, like maybe down the line in the future, I can always do like a post master's to a, like bridging to a doctorate. So yeah, right. I just wanted to start working. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that, I totally get that. Um, and how did you end up in the pe- pediatric population? What draws you to the that population specifically? Um, so I was always kind of drawn to the pediatric population. Like mm-hmm. growing up, I was you know kind of like taking care of kids my mm. mom loves kids um and then I worked as a um, infant teacher okay it's kind of yeah after um, undergraduate school so 
for I was like a clinical director for infant program for those mm-hmm. two years. Okay. And then I also shadowed like different populations for um, the hours you need for OT school. Nice. And I tried everything like inpatient, outpatient, like home health, kind of like every hand therapy, every this. But mm-hmm. I think I'm just mo- most passionate about pediatrics. About pediatrics. Yeah. Okay, so what your patients? What are they usually needing you for? What what conditions or or life events usually end them uh lead them to need it to need an OT? Yeah, so I would say um it's a lot of different like diagnoses. Some of them mm-hmm. are just you know typical developmental delays, mm-hmm. or some of them has. Um, diagnoses like specific diagnoses like spina bifida you know autism down syndrome so some diagnoses also just yeah like medical conditions that you know they they were in a NICU for a month and or like six months (laughs) or yeah it just depends on the kiddos but um, some of the things I work on is majority play because um, play is the children's like main occupation that they do but mm-hmm. I also work on like um, feeding is a one of the most I would say biggest um, concerns for parents. Like if they're not if they're very picky eaters or mm-hmm. they have difficulty like swallowing or or they have oral motor difficulties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, yeah different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, are you? Are the parents coming to you directly, or is the PCP referring you to them, or what? Or maybe it's the social worker. What's usually that path like to from them getting their diagnosis to coming to you? Yeah. So usually, um, so some of my, I would say majority of my caseload is through regional centers. Okay. And the so the PCP will refer them to the regional center. So okay. I would most of my clients are from zero to three years old. And then if they do have a diagnosis, like autism, they'll come from either like private insurance or mm-hmm. Kaiser or Easter Seals. Okay. Um, as we know you love kids, what are some challenges you have working with? Not necessarily this population, you can go into that or just in general as an OT. Um, yeah, I, I would say one of the biggest challenges is, uh, I guess, parent follow through would be Mm. I think one of the biggest challenges because I can do as much as I can for you know the hours that I'm with them but if there's kind of like no follow-through at home it's like you will see so much more progress way faster if there's Mm -hmm. like really good follow-through right yeah that's fair and what's your favorite part of it um my favorite part is I think just the kids and like you see um their progress sometimes mm-hmm. week by week which is like really fast and then you get to experiences like a lot of firsts with the mm-hmm. parents mm-hmm. because yeah you're kind of teaching the child how to do certain things and then like during sessions it might be like their first time like wow like walk yeah so it's a lot of um, it's really rewarding yeah <laughs> yeah that's definitely exciting um so like because parents like I know, I know parents get a big deal out of like making sure they see the parents, the children's first. So like you essentially have like a lot of children. <laughs> yes, basically. Yeah. I have like 35 kids right now. <laughs> That's a lot, <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but that 
Um, so let's go a little bit into your educational journey. Um, what did you do undergrad? How, let's start there. Like, what did you do for your undergrad degree? Yeah, so for my undergrad degree, um, I got it in kinesiology. Okay. And yeah, I took um, four years for that. Mm -hmm. And then I took two years off of school just to kind of get money for grad school and get a little bit of like full-time experience before mm -hmm. I went into master's for two years. Okay. And uh, how did you hear about the profession, OT profession, and what was the decision-making process for you? Yeah, so actually, um, before, I didn't even know, when I started grad school, I didn't know what to do at all. And then my dad was like, everything is business, so go into business. Oh, that and sounds like, like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and then, but then, like, I knew, like, business wasn't for me, but then I went into, like, when I was applying for undergrad as like a business major. So I was like, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna take business classes at all. I'm just gonna do G's the first yeah. two years and kind of like try to find out what I like. Right. And then I took uh, a bio class. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like, really like, oh, I was like, I love bio. I'm gonna be a bio major. Uh -huh. And I talked to some friends that were in bio. And they're mm -hmm. like, do you like like microscopes and like laboratories? I, and I was like, mm, no, not really. <laughs> And then, actually, yeah, it's actually a friend that introduced me to, like, kinesiology, like, mm -hmm. the field of, like, the human body. Uh -huh. And then I kind of, like, I literally, like, fell in love with, like, kinesiology. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is for me. This is my major. Uh -huh. <laughs> but then I didn't find out about OT until so everybody was either becoming, like, a physical therapist that I knew mm -hmm. or, like, an athletics trainer. Like, mm -hmm. they loved working out. Or, like, they just wanted to um, either do, like, research and, like, motor behavior, motor lab, or, mm -hmm. but I was, like, none of them are kind of, like, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, really, not, really not clicking with me. me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were the anomaly, like, hmm, I had to find another thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was, like, I need to find something else in yeah. this kinesiology field. And then... Um, it was actually like a guest speaker that came mm -hmm. one of my um like core kinesiology classes where they introduced like a lot of uh professions within the field and then mm -hmm. that's when I learned about occupational therapy and I was like right. oh my gosh like everything they were saying I was like I was like check 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 mm -hmm. and then I, yeah. and then like, I that's kinda, me I found yeah. it <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I was like I found it thank goodness yeah, yeah and I was like I felt so blessed. I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is it. I found it. So mm -hmm. since when I found it, I like just, I kind of like, I don't know, built my path, career path mm -hmm. that way. So much. Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes all sense. It's definitely an amazing thing when you just search in and try to figure your career out and you just feel like, I found the one. <laughs> I really yeah, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I get that. Um, so where did you what was the application process like for you for to P OT school or some of the major requirements? Uh yeah, so I would say major like prerequisite classes is like anatomy and physiology, mm -hmm. um, statistics. There was also like um like a lifespan um course that was a prerequisite. Um psychology was also a prerequisite mm -hmm. and I think 
there was a couple more and then depending on like you know the grad schools mm-hmm. yeah they had like different requirements but yeah. i would say those were like kind of the core ones the main ones and then did you have to take a GOE for most schools require GOE? Yeah, most schools require GOE. I would say half, maybe. Okay. Half require GRE. So you yeah. can do without it, essentially. Yeah, right now. I guess right now you can. We'll see. Yeah. About the future, yeah it, <laughs> seems, it seems you're get, moving more toward that space where standardized tests are like they'll try to do without it, which I am personally very happy about it because I. I do not do well with tests at all, like major test anxiety. And I'm just like, if I never take a test again, I am okay with that. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, so did, what about clinical hours? Did they require any clinical hours? And was that a requirement or more of like a preference or uh, like, oh, it's good for your application? Uh, I think most of the schools required I mm-hmm. think it was only like thirty or fifty hours. I think. Okay. okay. I just yeah, I just got a lot because I just wanted to know which kind of yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah like what the whole aspect of OT was. Uh huh. And it was specifically OT like OT shadowing or following an OT right? Yeah. Hours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that no. makes sense. Um, and so essentially, once you're getting, are you guys doing clinicals? after you have a didactic year and then a clinical year or is it both combined um yeah it was um didactics and then the clinicals like the three month clinicals but then we had like the week there's like a week clinicals um during like the didactics okay okay um and as an ot what's your day like um my typical day would i would start about maybe um so I work full time so I work um usually just Monday to Friday mm-hmm. like 9 to maybe 4 or 6:30 depending on the day. But I would say uh, I see kids every hour. So I okay. would treat the kids for 50 minutes and then I'll write my note and then clean disinfect and then see my next kids. So it's mm-hmm. a really busy day. Yeah, and I'll see maybe about 7 to 8 kids a day. Okay. All right, so yeah, about a kid an hour, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, and this is going back to more basic questions, but to ask, if you were to answer to somebody who's never heard of OT, what's an OT, what would be your answer? Oh, yes. I love it. I love this question because not a lot of people know about Exactly, and that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, so we um help um, people develop, regain, or like adapt skills to participate mm-hmm. in their meaningful daily activities. So I usually like to um, tell people like think of everything you do from the moment you wake up to when you sleep. So it could be literally, you know, you get dressed, you toothbrush, mm-hmm. you drive to work, you go to work, sleep. So these um, activities that we do, they're referred to as occupations. Mm-hmm. And then they're usually confused with like um, jobs or careers. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, do you, can you help me get a job? And I was like, kind of, but that's not like the whole occupational therapy. Right. right. But yeah. <laughs> they're essentially yeah. like everyday jobs, right? Because these are things like we're expected to do. We don't think about them for those of us who are lucky enough to be healthy and have developmentally everything is good. Um, but of course, the second 
you can't do it, then it becomes, it be, really becomes an occupation that like you have to think hard about it and work hard at being able to do it, like a post-stroke patient. Like they were, they were walking fine, but now it's, it's a struggle being able to walk straight. So yeah, I, I definitely yeah. see the confusion there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there you have it, folks. That's what an occupational therapist is. Um, now, speaking of that, what will be your um, what are some leadership opportunities as an OT? Uh, yeah, so you could either I would say um, you could take on like fieldwork students. Mm-hmm. I would say that's a leadership opportunity. Um, you can also supervise COTAs, which is a certified occupational therapy assistant. Mm-hmm. And then, so you'll kind of um, collaborate with them and then kind of go over their caseload and then you'll do um, like the evaluations for them. Okay. Or then, yeah. So are they, what's the relationship between them and OTs? Uh, so they're kind of, they work with the, like we collaborate each other. The main difference is probably just the evaluation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've heard of that before. What's the full title? Um, C-O-T-A, so it's a Certified Occupational Therapy Assistant. Oh, so like a PT and PTA and like dentist and... Perfect. Dentist. Yes. Gotcha. Exactly gotcha. like that. Okay, yeah. okay. There's a lot more like professionals with assistant than I, I thought there was. <laughs> like I never knew. Like I know the big names, but then I realized like a lot of them have like, you know, assistant like, levels. Assistant. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um. What about work-life balance? Uh, I would say I will have a pretty good work-life balance mm-hmm. just because I feel like the two years that I did work full-time, it really uh, helped me, I feel like, kind of get back into the work full, working mm-hmm. full-time um, mm-hmm. groove. Um, I also um, like trying to try not to take work home at all. So all my paperwork, um, Everything. like whenever a kid cancels, or like they kind of know shot. I'm like, okay, I got to do this report. And I like try to finish the report on time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say I, would, I will have a pretty good work life balance. <laughs> good. Good. Um, that's very good to hear. And do you, what do you do for fun? Uh, for fun? I like to do anything outdoors. I love nature. So camping, like mm-hmm. snowboarding, uh, mm-hmm. hiking, like just find me outside moving my body somehow yeah this is it for it this is it for it um do you have any um professional future aspirations right now uh right now i would say um i would i'm kind of interested in the school setting Mm -hmm. too so maybe Maybe in a couple of years, I'll try out the school setting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also advanced practices in OT. So there's a, like hand therapy or um, PAMS, which is mm-hmm. a physical Asian modalities, mm-hmm. or um, feeding and swallowing. And then so I'm kind of looking into the feeding and swallowing advanced practice. Okay. It will take a long time for that. Yeah. <laughs> so is that a certification or is it like a specialization? Yeah, it's like a specialization. Okay. And do you yeah. go back to school for training for that? Or do you work in that field and get a certification? Yeah, so it's, uh, you have to work in that field. And somebody who already has the license has to be like your supervisor. And then you get your hours through there. And then you oh, have to take okay. a big test again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not 
again. I know. <laughs> like I'm legit. Like I'm. I'm. A part of me wants to do like as far as my personal aspiration. Like I want to do like psych specialization as a PA. Oh. But mm-hmm. I'm just like the test. It's the test. I know. <laughs> I think maybe in like two years when I'm when I, I'm more like separated from my, my trauma of tests, then I can think and can try again. But right now it's still fresh. Like I understand. Yeah, that's all like, my life. Maybe yeah, down the line. Like I'll yeah. think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, let's enjoy this thing that we worked for for so long. Okay. Yes, yes. So just enjoy it for a little bit before we even think about taking more tests. <laughs> That's enough tests. That's enough tests for now. Um, so we got that. What would you say is um, uh, what would you give an advice for somebody who wants to be an OT? Um, I would say, oh, the one thing I wish I did when mm-hmm. I first got into OT school is make a separate email for OT. Mm. Just because we're for our school, we use a lot of like Google Drive and things, so all of like your OT resources could be in that one mm. email. So I did a lot of like transferring from my personal account to my professional email, just mm-hmm. so I could have all my resources in one place. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I wish I did. I also I would say um like nurture like the like the family environment with your cohort. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, one of the biggest. I also got that um, advice from one of my OT mentors. And she said, literally your cohort is like your family. You'll mm-hmm. see them more than your own family, you know? <laughs> so yeah, kind of, I know everyone's kind of like competing to get into OT school, but like once you're in, you guys are literally in. So yeah. like kind of just like help each other out instead of trying to like compete. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Compete. yeah. No, that's that's a great advice. Um, I'm sort of doing things backward here because we're having so much fun and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. Um, so I'll make this my last question. That was supposed to be my last question, but my last question today is, um, what do you do? I know you're pretty new in this in the field, but what do you do to sort of keep your knowledge up to date? Oh yeah, I so I love the continuing education courses. Mm-hmm. that we have to take to kind of like just maintain your license right. and um yeah so i take these um continuing education courses specific to my field so mm-hmm. um it's about pediatrics and anything pediatrics really and i also if i learn something from that i mm-hmm. try to find like a research article just to support the interventions that i'm doing mm-hmm. for my business okay all right. Um, if you don't have anything else to add, that's all I have for you today. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for joining. I appreciate you taking the time on the weekday, nonetheless. By the way, this has been recorded and it's almost 8 p.m. Okay. So just y'all appreciate the work we are putting in here. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> thank you so much, Megumi. Of course. No, thank you. Okay. You have a beautiful evening. You too. Alrighty, bye. Bye. She's back, and the answer is false. You do not need a doctorate degree to practice as an occupational therapist. You do have the option, however, to get a doctorate degree, but only a master's degree is needed to practice as long as you pass your board exam. That's it. Adios.
Alright, that's all I have for you today. Thank you again for joining me. I appreciate you. Please subscribe, follow, like, comment, and share. And uh, stay blessed. Bye.